Welcome to another edition of the Built for the Storm podcast. Hosted by three-time World Series champion Jeremy Affelt. Affelt brings it. Chopper on the infield. Affelt to the bag himself. Get ready to experience life's winding journey through the minds of proven leaders in the worlds of sports, business, and entertainment. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affel. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affel. As they draw up your own personal playbook to overcoming the odds and achieving real success. We just don't give up. We don't quit. You know how we pieced everything together, man. Seeing teams win like this, the way we win. What's the best way to weather a storm? Run into it head on charging full steam ahead this is unbelievable you know game seven i mean this will be a memory for a long time for me i'm so happy i got to come to the park today here's the fearless leader of our pack jeremy affeld all right welcome to built for the storm podcast i am jeremy affeld i am sitting in free roam brewing company here in bernie texas which actually happens to be my brewing company uh, so we get to talk uh, all kinds of stuff here and uh, it's a little early in the morning for a beer so i got a cup of coffee uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's definitely gonna be a good one i'm really excited to bring in this guest his name is craig thompson he is one of the facilitators and the main facilitator at rockside ranch in california and when we talk built for the storm when we talk these things I just want the followers to understand and know, like when we talk about them, we have a lot of times where we talk about what storms do, how they shape us, uh, how they formed us, how maybe we didn't know who we were until we went through a storm. We came out the other side feeling stronger because of what we went through. And other times it's because of who we are that allow us to get through storms and to get through them often because they're going to come. Whether we invite them, whether someone puts them on us, they are going to come. It is inevitable. Uh, and that is what Built for the Storm podcast is all about, to encourage everybody to let them know, here are some stories, here are some reasons to always look in the mirror and say, I'm built for it, and to continue mm-hmm. going forward. Craig, probably you, Craig, probably have a uh, interesting storm yourself. However, the cool thing about Rockside Ranch is when we talk about herds, and we've talked about them on the podcast before, you know, a lot of times when we're going through these storms, we need, I call it a herd because it's buffalo, right? The buffalo charged the storm. Totally. And they have herds. However, our herds sometimes look different, right? Like, so I had family, I had friends, I had a counselor. When I went through my son, I had therapists, I had, uh, <laughs> you know, all kinds of help uh, in different ways. But there are storms that can hit us in certain situations that sometimes they hit us a little harder. And that thunderbolt might mm-hmm. strike a little differently or that hailstorm might pound on us a little bit more. And we run out of steam. Even the herd that's with us initially cannot maintain that. And so there are also other herds that we want to look at and you're one of them and you have a ranch. And for me, when I heard about it, I heard about, I want you to kind of give the description on why the name Rockside Ranch, but this ranch is for men when they're in crisis, they just can't figure out a way to get out. And you guys come into these situations where men are in crisis and they need out of crisis. And when they come to you, that's what they're pretty much saying. They're in a position that, hey, I'm in crisis. I want out, but I literally Mm -hmm. cannot get over the hump and I need someone to help me out. And so that's kind of what you guys are doing in California. There's three of them. There's one in South Dakota, right? There's Mm -hmm. another one in Michigan. And you're at the one in Northern California, in Aetna, California. That's right. And you've just celebrated their 12th anniversary. You've been around for 12 years. I've just found out about them a month ago. But uh, I'm super excited to talk with Craig about this because 
I am stoked to hear about what you do because this is another resource for people who are listening. If you have, if you yourself are going through a storm and are just kind of enough's enough, or if you've got family members that are going through it and you need a place, why don't you guys look these guys up in Rockside Ranch in uh, Etna, California? They're awesome. Craig, thank you for joining me on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, Rockside, you know, when you and I were chatting a little bit ago, we were going through different scenarios on talking about the ranch and kind of getting kind of some updates on it. But you told me a pretty cool story on the reason it's called Rockside. Can you give our listeners a little update on what that means to you and why it's called this? Yeah, sure. So, so Rockside is all about life restoration. And it's all about working with guys who, like you said, they're in a crisis of some kind, and they want to get out of that crisis. And so the name Rockside, it actually came from a rafting term. So I spent about 10 years as a raft guide and uh, would take kids on whitewater rafting trips. And, you know, when you're going down the river, you're trying to have the best ride as possible. You're trying to hit the holes and, you know, in in doing that, a lot of times you actually, you're going to hit rocks too. And, you know, so there's a way to go down the river where you don't hit anything. You play it safe. But that's really not the point of rafting. You know, the point of rafting is have a good time. So there are times where you, you'll hit a rock. And when your boat starts to go up on that rock, if you're, you know, as a guide, if, if I was sitting in the back, every person in that boat is naturally going to want to go away from the rock. They're going to want to get away because that rock feels scary. That rock feels like it's dangerous. And so I want to get away from that. But the guide will yell out rock side or high side. And that, that's a reminder that mm. we actually have to go towards the rock. So the boat's going up on it. And if we all get away from the rock, all the weight in the boat is going to cause us to flip over because we went away from yeah. the high side. We went to the low side and we're going to flip. But if you go towards the rock, if you lean into it, then you can actually counterbalance, you know, what's happening and you can stay afloat. Mm. And so then, you know, rock side, we're a faith-based program. And so for us, that's that same mentality of like, Man, when life is hard, when I'm in a situation, you know, I'm in a storm, I'm in a crisis, our instinct, like our nature is I got to get away from Jesus and I got to figure this out on my own. And then I'll come back to him once I'm in a, a good place. But, you know, we know that the only way to weather that storm is to to face it head on and to lean into Jesus, lean into that rock. Yeah. So it's interesting. You said in your description, you know, sometimes you play it safe. But Mm -hmm. that's not the point. And the point is to have some fun, take some risks, understand that you can take risks and you can function through them. And the play it safe thing is so uh, interesting to me because I'm I'm kind of one of those kind of guys that I'm a fight or flight guy, right? So you put me in the corner, there is no flight. I'm going to fight, right? That's who I am. But, (laughs) and there are areas where I don't take a lot of risks. I don't take a lot of risks in the unknown. And, and that can hurt me and not hurt me like an unknown in business. I don't have that ability to take a risk yet until I have a little more knowledge of the situation. Then I take the risk. But I think that that's where our faith is tested in who we are in our faith in, in God. And some people who are listening is don't even believe in God. However, yeah. we tend to, in our crisis, somehow we'll find our ways, whether we end up believing or not, we actually kind of search for him in our crisis at some point everybody's probably like, well, maybe there is a God because I need him right now. But I feel like when you said play it safe, I don't think life was meant to be played safe. And I don't think you get anywhere playing safe. 
but it's also mm-hmm. the risk that puts us in the predicaments that storms will hit us. I mean, we can play it safe and live under a rock and not do anything. Mm-hmm. There'll be a storm there too, but we'll probably eventually, we won't make it. But yeah. in order to get through this stuff and like, I mean, I think about, you know, I'm going to take my kids on this, uh, uh, this young life camp here in Colorado uh, called trail West. And I booked a whitewater right. rafting trip. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I got a 10. We're about to be 11. I got about to be a 13 and about to be a 16 year old. And I was talking to my wife and I'm like, Hey, we're going to do this because you got to take the risk, man. You got to get after it, get some adventure, mm-hmm. get some adrenaline and know that you got to work through stuff. So hence life, right? We have to work through our problems when the rocks hit. Yep. How do we counterbalance? When a boat flips, what's that look like? Why does a boat flip? Not yeah. counterbalance or why, do, why does a boat flip? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah, the boat flips because you've got the current that's pushing you and you're up against a rock and all the weight is in the wrong spot. So your boat is going to flip when you just, you haven't prepared for that storm. You haven't prepared for that moment and you're not ready for it and it catches you off guard. Yeah. Cause to me, that kind of looks like, like uh, that, 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 that rock hits you or that wave hits you. And instead of leaning back in against it, saying, we're going to lean against that. We're going to push, we're going to go at it. We run away from it. Hence like we do storms. And when we get away from that energy, it'll, it'll flip us. And for me, when I think about life, when I think about, you know, people that when they go through crisis and when they give up is when they die, either emotionally or physically or mentally, like people die physically. We hear about suicide all the time. And suicide is definitely built strictly around the fact that they gave up and they went with the storm and they said, hope is gone. And I quit trying. Mm -hmm. Emotionally, we die. Obviously, a lot of times when we don't, we, we feel like we're defeated mentally, all these different things. We see these things that people think, man, I'm tired of fighting and I'm tired Mm -hmm. of having to push against this stuff. I'm tired of the resistance. But for me, if you're in a boat by yourself and a whitewater rafting trip, you're going to get tired real quick. And that boat's probably going to flip because it's too much for you to handle and you can't yep. do it enough. And so that's kind of how I kind of almost see the rockside camp of like, hold on, this ranch is here. So you don't have to get in that boat by yourself. You don't have to take on that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that rapid or that, you know, for me, it was almost like a storm, right? You don't take that storm on by yourself. Mm-hmm. You need people with you to help you counteract, to lean in, to help you push against it. Mm-hmm. So we can get through this together because that's the only way this gets done. And it's mm-hmm. like your friends can volunteer. You're not taking that ride down that river by yourself. I'm jumping in it with you. We're going to go through it. We're going to take the risks. I would be willing to bet you tell me, but every one of those teenagers that you took on that right water rafting trip, when they come out and they're done, they're smiling. And they're so happy oh, yeah. that they conquered oh, yeah. it, man. You know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, and like you were saying, you know, earlier about that herd. Like, who is your herd? What is your herd? And and where is that herd going? Who are you doing it with? And who you're doing it with is going to really define the outcome. So you know, that's what Rockside is all about, too. It's, it's connecting guys to a group of people who are with them who aren't going anywhere and who are going to help get through this crisis. And I think that's one of the biggest lies that keeps people in crisis is that the lie of, I have to figure it out on my own. Mm. I've got to figure this out. I don't want to burden anybody else with it. I don't want this to require anybody else other than me to figure this out. That's, that's a lie that just keeps people in crisis. It's, it's, it's trapping. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's great. I appreciate the analogy. And these men, when they come to you, mm-hmm. I know they're in crisis, but do you feel mm-hmm. like the majority of them are defeated or there's still that, no, I still got hope. I just know I can't make it. And yeah. where, where do, you, do, do most men have that hope still or are you having to rebuild that from the ground up a little bit? Yeah, it, I mean, it's still there. You know, the seed is there. And and so the fact that they chose to come, you know, Rockside's an eight-month program. Mm-hmm. It's residential. Most of the guys are from out of out of the area, so they're flying to come to the ranch. They're choosing to give up things for eight months. I mean, it's pretty crazy what they yeah. what they are willing to commit to. And so they commit to coming for eight months, working, you know, on themselves and through challenges. We focus on three things. We focus on mental health, sobriety, and then job and life skills. Yeah. So mental health, sobriety, and skills that are going to equip graduates with the skills they need to thrive once they graduate. So in order to do that for eight months, they come to the ranch and they go through the program. They give up their cell phone. You know, We've got a phone they can call family on, but they don't have that device that's right there yeah. connecting them to their old herd, you know, their old, right. their old group of friends. And, and uh, they're really, you know, forging new friendships and new relationships. And they don't have, you know, independence over their daily schedule when they're in the eight-month program. Yeah. Once they graduate and they go on to the workforce program, they've got totally, you know, it's an independent living program. But for that eight months, they are signing up to go through this really structured experience. Yeah. And so a guy that does that, he's making a really big commitment. It takes a ton of courage. But yeah, he he knows that something can change and that things can get better. And really, it's that sweet spot where they get to a point where they're saying, I am refuse to live like this. We've got a guy actually who's probably on an airplane uh, in the next three hours going out to South Dakota. And he's from this area. He's from where we are. And you know, so we said, we said to him, hey, best case scenario for you to succeed is actually to go into a different new community, mm. you know, to, to kind of change the, the environment that you're in completely. And everybody agreed. Parents, yeah. employers, everybody. They're like, that's the best thing that could happen to this kid. And so he'll be, he'll be at this Rapid City Ranch tonight, oh. you know. And, uh, but what he has told us is something has to change. And so he, he totally has that hope of things can get better. Yeah. Do you guys give up? Have they left? Have they said, no, I'm not doing this anymore? Have you had that situation happen? Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, we, we do get guys who say, you know what, this isn't for me. It's thankfully a small percentage. It's yeah. like less than 10%. So once a guy comes to the program, he's got a 90% chance of graduating. And that's huge. Yeah. Because – now, if you compare that to more clinical or traditional programs, it's the reverse. That's right. You know, and so we get a lot of guys who come to us having gone through more traditional, like rehab or other things, and they'll say, man, we all knew that it was going to be one out of 10 that finish yeah. and that stay you know, on track. And so it's, it's the reverse here, which is really exciting. Yeah. And do you feel like it's reverse because you have them doing things that they feel accomplished in, like that you, you get them to understand what accomplishment looks like, whether it be when they go out and they do some work, you know, around the ranch, but they Mm -hmm. see, because, you know, 
for me as a guy, and and I, I only speak mm-hmm. from that perspective, but I find that even with my boys, they won't they don't want to do a lot of stuff sometimes. They're like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Then you let them kind of kind of go out and do it and they show like what the result is. And then when they finish it, they yeah. actually like to doing it. Sometimes they want to keep doing it, but there's a sense of accomplishment. If I just send my sons out to do a chore and there's no like sense of accomplishment or there's no like result or end game to it, they almost kind of think of it like, whatever, you just have me do it because you want to keep me busy rather than no, I want you to do this because I want you to see this and this then is going to breed that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is how men think. Yeah, it's a huge, huge part of it. I mean, the first day that they're here, they're going out and they're taking care of animals. We've got egg layer chickens that they're collecting eggs every single day. So they're getting that feedback loop of like, man, what I just did yesterday resulted in this today. And so that's really, really great. Um, So there's there's the dignity and the purpose and on and on and on, you know, responsibility, compassion, all these things that are fostered through ranching that's exactly what you said i mean it's totally different than digging a hole and filling it back in yeah yeah Yeah. but then i think that one of the biggest pieces of it and you know biggest pieces of of why the guys have been so successful is because it's really authentic relationships and and life on life Mm. you know so i'm sitting here in in this room at the ranch my house is about 20 feet that way and the guy's house is about 100 feet that way you know so yeah we're all in community um and and there's there's another staff family that lives on site and then other staff that that come in from the local community but uh the guys when they're here they are you know we're not just punching a clock we're really developing relationship with them and that community and that friendships uh, last beyond the program i mean we've had in the last year, we've had three weddings, you know, that we've uh, gotten to be a part of sure. and, you know, getting to, to fly out to, to see one of our graduates get married is like such an awesome thing, you know, or, yeah. or guys that will leave and they'll go, they'll go find a career or job somewhere. And then, and then, you know, they, they say, I miss it out there. I want to come back and then end up coming back to, to the community and getting jobs locally. And so there's more and more graduates that are close by sure stuff like that yeah yeah no i can see that is there a sense of team there is there a teamwork because i just think like herds and they're together but do they have that is that how they develop the camaraderie is like you know because mm-hmm. i feel like when you're in a storm a lot of times when you get to that place where this situation happens where you kind of given up it's a couple reasons one the team that you have the herd they have around you or just say the people that are in your boat they're not mm-hmm. the ones you wanted and they're not really helping you they're just along for the ride or they've all fallen out of the boat because they're like, I'm out. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. So they jump out and now you're kind of riding this yeah. thing down by yourself. So I would think coming there, they feel so isolated or alone or just at the end where it's like, nobody can help me or I have nobody, my lifelines are out. And so I would yeah. think that that camaraderie that you create with, with, a, with like this is saying, no, no, we are here. Here, all these guys are now going to be your, everybody that felt isolated are all on a team and we've got this. And there's that kind of that feeling of camaraderie there. I would think that would help in that situation. Oh yeah. Big time. And, and the guys say this all the time when they come in to the ranch is that they were not expecting us to be actually glad that they're here, you know? Mm. So yeah, all of those feelings, you know, and you said this earlier, you said storms are going to happen in our life. And I think that that, that is so true. And it's counter to what 
so many of the guys are thinking when they're when they're in crisis on their own. They're thinking this happened because you know I'm a failure. Yeah. Or this happened because you know I I don't I can't do this on my own. Or this happened because and and it's going to define the rest of my life. So to think about getting out of that, there's so much shame that's wrapped around that yeah. that just can really keep people down. And so when they come to the ranch and we have guys say this and there's there's videos on our website, you know, of the guys sharing their their story and a number of them will say like, yeah, I just couldn't believe I came here and it was it was like you were happy to see me. It's like, well, yeah, we're happy to see you. Like this is this is the coolest thing in the world that you decided that your life mattered enough that you were going to dedicate 8 months to restoration. Yeah. Like that gets me fired up every day of the year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the whole whole thing for me is shame, right? Like they're in so much of it and so do you counteract the shame by convincing them vulnerability is the healthiest thing to shame? Like, hey, you know, when I've lived in shame or 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 my wife and I, we go to marriage counseling since we got married in November. That's been our goal is like we will always do it. It's important. Yeah. And so we just go. And one of the mm-hmm. things that our therapist has been so good at is he's like, hey, let's talk about your childhood or let's talk about what what caused you to function this way. And then he says, how does it feel to be vulnerable? Like, are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling happy? You know, like, because I do believe that vulnerability is such a key. Men are the worst at it. Mm -hmm. And we have these men's nights here at the brewery. And that's what it's all about. It is about vulnerability. I get guys up there on stage that tell their story, give guys hope because man, there's so many men that even look there are men that probably don't look anything like some of these guys coming into your that coming to your camp that probably yeah. need your camp just because of the fact that they're functioning but they're not mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cover yeah, and totally. a lot of the shame that we have right now as men and, and women and I mean in general in this world like the yeah. shame right now is just crazy high because no yeah. one wants to live a real life they want that instagram or that facebook life right they everything's great everything's awesome look at our family it's perfect perfect even though i just flipped my husband off right before i took the picture whatever you know yeah. like, like you want to have this fake life yeah. uh, man but the shame is too high and I, w- I, w- I would i would hope that when you guys are talking with shame it's the vulnerability of these guys of like hey we're all in the same boat man like we all totally. have been we've tanked it and you know yeah. what it might not even been your fault but we did yeah. We're all here, but you know, the good thing about it is, is we don't have to keep tanking it and we're going to get out of this deal and we're going to talk, we're going to hang out together. We're going to give each other strength. I mean, to me, that gives me hope even thinking about situations like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, that's one of the things I love about living so close to the students is that they get to see, I mean, I could put on a polished, you know, presentation and come to work every day. But when they see us in, you know, they see my family, my kids, we have got three kids and, and you know, they, they run around and, and, uh, and are so connected with the guys. And then they see our family go through conflict and they see, you know, and, and we as a staff, like, it's so true that we're all in the same boat, yeah. you know, um, like there's guys who are in the program and then there's, there's the staff. But one thing I love is when visitors come to the ranch, they oftentimes ask me, this just happened last week. They're like, who's on staff and who's, you know, and I was like, you know what? That doesn't matter Yeah, because we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And I tell the guys this all the time, you know, they get sick of it, but, uh, but I'm like, Hey, 
you guys only get to stick around here for eight months. Like I get to live here. Yeah. I get to go through this program over and over yeah. and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is life. This is discipleship. This is the work of God in our lives to keep working on the things that really can just hold us back. Yeah. And that does come with vulnerability. You know, that comes with like, with, okay, I messed up and I need to apologize to you. And, and, or I should have done this differently. And, and, and I, I'm sorry that I didn't, or I said this out of frustration Yeah. and I want to get better at that. And so we have built into the week, you know, regular opportunities for those types of conversations to take place. And it's so powerful when those things come from a staff rather than like, you know, just the student, oh, well, you know, yeah, you're a student, so you need to fix this, but you know, I'm not, I'm not included in that. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We're all included in that. That's part of just being, being human. Yeah. Because that's so important because they've been isolated. That's why they're there. They, they feel like they're not good enough or they're a second class citizen. And when you come there, you don't want to feel like you're in a prison of like, yeah, I'm the prisoner. There's no. the guard, you know, you want to feel like, Hey, yep. you're human. Just like we are, we're here to give you yep. encouragement, but we're going to, we're going to fail the same way. And I, I storytelling, yeah. do you guys do storytelling there? Does the staff ever be like, let me tell you my story here. Let me tell you how I messed yeah. Cause I feel like as a father, like when I can tell my sons when my sons are, are, are not being, they're being boys that are still learning life. Mm-hmm. But if I can tell them, Hey man, let me tell you what I did when I was your age. They'll kind of not want to listen to you, but then they'll start listening to you. And it, yeah. there's a, rea- a, a relationship that gets formed there of like, oh, so you've messed it up. Yeah. Your oh, papa, yeah. he's probably still exhausted from the discipline he had to do with me, guys. So like, yeah. like <laughs> hey, like yeah. it happens, but we have to do that because if I don't, if I can't shape you, then you're going to go off in the world and it's not going to be fun. So for me, the storytelling and the vulnerability from everybody of just trying to relate would seem to give a lot of hope as well. Totally, totally. And you just, I mean, you just mentioned you don't want to feel like the prisoner and the prison guard. And that's the exact analogy that we use with the guys is like, you know, there's different types of, of like authority in our lives, you know, and one would be the prison prison guard yeah. where the prisoner is trying to do what the prison guard doesn't want him to do. They're trying to get out or trying to, you know, get around the rules, whatever else. And that prison guard is required to force compliance. Well, that, that never, you know, does not work yeah, no. in terms of, yeah, yeah. of actual life. Change, right. Right. You know? And, uh, and so we, we really try to help the guys see that, no, we're actually coaches and you're the players. And the irony is that there's a lot of similarities in those relationships. You know, a coach is still going to require you to do things that you might not feel like doing. The coach is going to, to really challenge you in ways um, they're going to say, Hey, in this instance, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. Maybe you want to stay out until midnight, but we got a big game tomorrow. So everybody's in their room by 10, you know, whatever. And they're going to have that authority in your life, but it's because you've agreed on the outcome and you've agreed on what the goal is. And you're both trying to achieve the same goal. No, I, uh, I can appreciate some of that. Listen, we've got so much going on uh, here and in our life, and we don't always want to think I'm the prisoner, you're the prison guard, I've got to comply because a lot of people don't do well in that. What a lot of people do well in is connecting and having some vulnerability because that is super special for someone to be able to say, no, I'm not here for you to just tell me what to do and boss me around. I'm here to be to get healthy 
to get healed, to still feel like human beings want to be human beings, to still feel like people want to pour into me that I still matter, that I still exist. And, and, and that's what people want to feel. You're not isolated because that's what you've been for so long is, is someone that is, is feeling like the second tier person. But it's not about the prisoner and, and the prison guard. It's about, hey, man, I want to help you, encourage you, nurture you, team up with you, let you know that you exist, let you know that you're, there's a reason for you to still be here on this earth. As long as you have a heart beating inside that chest, you're supposed to be here. We're going to get through it and we're going to find you. We're going to help you find your way and your reason to have your morning every day to say, here's my why, here's why I'm up. But you also said that it's not just men. You have kind of gotten into the women facilities just off site, but you've gotten into that situation where you're all, you are also helping women in crisis as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a newer, um, newer side of the, of the ministry, but um, what we, really exists to to help with his life restoration. And so that doesn't matter if it's men or women. Um, we want to, we want to help and we want to be there. Um, so what we are doing right now is we're working with, um, with a family down in the Santa Cruz area who is, uh, her name's Natalie Bradley, and she is doing a women's program that right now is, is, uh, through weekly meetings. Um, but we're actually in the process of getting property and and launching a, a program like Rockside for women as well. And so that'll be happening hopefully later this year. We'll we'll have to see. Oh man, the that's awesome. Goal, you know, the the heartbeat of Rockside, the goal of Rockside is that no crisis is too big, you know, and no crisis is beyond restoration. And that's the truth of the gospel. And that's what the, the church, you know, that's what we as the church get to share with the world is that yeah. there's nothing beyond the love of God and nothing beyond his ability to, to restore us. And so, Mm. so that can happen, you know, in any situation. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you so much for that. I I appreciate that testimony and I appreciate your boldness there. I, I, uh, I find myself sometimes, you know, like and people know if they're, they're listening to the podcast that I'm a, I'm a big man of faith myself. And, And there are times where I've tried to do it on my own. And there's times where I've been frustrated and angry at God and, uh, and not understanding mm-hmm. the crisis that he has me in or, or, but he's never failed, uh, to come through yeah. uh, no matter how mad I am at him or, or frustrated. Uh, he, he always provides, uh, in one way, shape or form. And so I'm so mm-hmm. thankful for you guys. I think you're one of the ways he provides. So I, I do appreciate that. And I do appreciate what you guys are doing out there. And I appreciate what you're doing in South Dakota and Michigan as well. And, uh, I think that, that is such a key for people to have, especially in the society today where they feel like everything can be fixed through a YouTube video or through an Instagram post or through a reel yep. or through a TikTok or anything like that. And I'm not necessarily always knocking those things. I've gotten some pretty good wisdom from some of those myself. However, that's just not reality. And mm-hmm. there's only so many of those you can watch and not, and it not makes sense uh, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, for you guys to be real, for you guys to be vulnerable, for you guys to be there for people, kudos to you, my man. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. So if people wanted to figure out how to get a hold of you guys or get into this to the program, how would they do that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Our website, rocksideranch.org. That's the fastest way to get connected. There's all the, the contact info there. Um, and we're on social media too. I mean, we've got Instagram, Facebook and everything. So if you just Google Rockside, it'll come up. And um, 
we are really, really just looking for those guys who are in a position where they're saying, I'm in crisis. I can't keep a job. I'm battling addiction. I'm battling mental health. You know, whatever the, the crisis is, that's one thing, you know, with Rockstead, there's no, there's no, um, you know, specific profile of a guy. Um, it's, you, you know, you come to the ranch and you'll find guys who are from all different kinds of backgrounds. But it's really that, that guy, that young man who is like, I'm in a crisis and I want to get out and I'm ready to go all in to do that. And so if, you know, if you know somebody in that situation, that's who we exist to serve. Man, that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to hear all the stories. Don't be afraid to update me. Uh, you got my contact information, sure. obviously. So I'd love to hear about it, man. And uh, hopefully I can get out there one day and check it out. I think that'd be a really fun thing for uh, my family to see, just to see how that stuff for goes sure. on and, and what takes place. And I owe some friends up there in Redding, California a trip anyway. So I might as well just do the whole gamut there up there in Northern California and come hang out with y'all. So but I, but I do appreciate it. it, Craig. Thank you so much for coming on with me, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate it. You've been dialed into the Built for the Storm podcast with Jeremy Affel. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affel. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affel. If you like what you heard, please like, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Jeremy Affel here for Free Roam Brewing Company. Do you enjoy craft beer? I do. So I started Free Roam Brewing Company. Our logo, environment, and community all reflect the mighty buffalo, a creature built for the storm. It symbolizes inner strength, perseverance, and a love of freedom. Here at Free Roam Brewing Company, we are determined to strengthen our community through the love of craft beer. Our premium quality lagers and ales reflect the diverse experiences and tastes of our community. In a boundless world of potential beer styles, we cherish the freedom to roam. So if you're in the Bernie area, whether local or passing through, join us on Main Street and enjoy your freedom. Jeremy Affel here for the Hotel Via. I know you've heard it's at the intersection of sports, technology, and entertainment. But for me, it's my home away from home when I visit San Francisco. I can give you 50 great reasons why I chose Hotel Via, but it's easier for me to say it provides all the comforts of home, family owned and operated, and of course, it's across from the beautiful Oracle Park. So when you're coming to San Francisco for business, pleasure, vacation, or just coming to a sporting event, check in to the Hotel Via.